This is the audio diary of the sixth day of the tenth month of year two thousand and twenty. I am making this recording in beautiful Chilliwack Lake Provincial Park. I am on one of the vehicle accessible campgrounds. I might actually just go and check which number it is, just so I can let you know. Um, it's a Tuesday afternoon, so the campgrounds are really, really free. I think there's up to a hundred vehicle accessible spots um, in this beautiful park, and that means I think there's probably, you know, 10, 20 uh, campsites taken in the entire park, so there's a lot of room, and so even though these campsites don't have too much privacy, I feel like I have privacy because there's not that many people. And so I'm just sort of enjoying the peace and quiet. I thought that it would also be, of course, a great idea to um, record audio diaries and kind of the reports of my time here as well, as I usually do when I go on my outdoor excursions. I will, first of all, go out, quickly check the parking slot and the number. I'm going to also hit the bathroom, which is thankfully very close by and lock the car doors, set myself up, and then come and tell you about the about how I ended up going on this trip and the road, little road trip um, of driving, because I drew for, dro- drove for about, I think, two, three hours to get here, so it was not a short journey, and so I'd also love to tell you about that as well. Yeah, I'll do all that in just a second. I'll be back. I am back after running a couple of errands, including going to the bathroom and checking the campsite number. I am at campsite F14 in the beautiful Chilliwack Lake Provincial Park. So how did I end up randomly coming on an overnight camping trip? in the middle of the week. (laughs) Okay, so the story kind of goes back to probably the golden years camping trip, which I don't think I've told you properly about. So on a pretty short notice, I invited my good friend Alice for her first ever overnight trip, um, which is something we've talked about for months and we finally made it happen. So we decided we rented an Evo and we went out to golden years park, which is a park, a beautiful provincial park um, that's maybe only two hours from city of Vancouver. So it's pretty accessible and because it's accessible it's also very popular. So in, in the height of summer you know I would even think about going to that park over a weekend. And I also usually prefer to go to more remote places and you know places that are harder to reach. But we decided to go on, I think, the first week of October. And we thought, okay, it's finally going to be, or last week of September, actually. uh, But we thought it's finally going to be freer, even if we go on the weekends. And it's an accessible park where all the facilities are there. There's nothing too much to worry about because there's all this search and rescue. And there's there's definitely going to be people, so we just don't need to be very worried. And we thought, great, this is going to be great. And the weather forecast was, did include rain. But we thought, you know, we're Canadians, we're not afraid of a little rain. Except 
that uh, we decided to take a course, uh, a trail that would take us to a backcountry campsite that you had to hike maybe nine, ten kilometers up, uh, uh, you know, moderate trail to get up to. And there was going to be a place with established backcountry campsites. So that's what we were trying to get to. And the trail up was beautiful. It was pretty dark, but you know, autumn, moody, dark was and wet actually ended up being a beautiful kind of combination. And so we were really enjoying our, 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 you know, not too difficult hike with all of our overnight gear on our backs until when the rain started drizzling and then pouring and then it became a torrential downpour to a level I've never experienced before. It was a whole new experience in the probably for the first 30, 40 minutes I was talking about, you know, this is nothing. I, I've, I've been wetter before and then I ate my words because I had never, ever gotten that wet before. The entire trail was completely washed out. We were walking up a stream because the trail itself was so flooded and all the water was coming down the slope of the mountain and the trails, because it has no vegetation, end up often becoming the path of least resistance for the water to follow. So just, it felt like I was climbing up a raging river uh, and and we were just soaked everywhere. You know, I mean, I was probably um, at least ankle deep in water for most of the hike. That's how much water there was. And there was nowhere to rest. We knew that we needed to eat and kind of warm up before we could actually attempt going down. Thankfully, our waterproof gear and the weather itself was not very cold. And so even though we were wet, because we were we kept moving and we were climbing and so we were our bodies were heating up and we had on pretty decent waterproof gear we weren't cold and mis- or miserable we were just just incredibly wet and she and I were just laughing so hard because it was such a ridiculous amount of rain we we just looked like well we looked like pack rats because we had all of our overnight backpacking gear on our backs um but we were soaked pack rats. <laughs> we looked like drowning pack rats. That's what we looked like. And so it was just so funny. We laughed maniacally so many times. Um, and then we actually got to the campground. It, all the campsites were flooded. There was no way that we could actually camp there. And I did suggest to Alice, um, you know, why don't we go to the front country campsites and still do an overnight? But, you know, a lot of her gear had been completely soaked by that point and she didn't have the like the entire full change of clothes and all the things to keep her safe overnight um so we decided it was probably safer to head back and we did that experience was surprisingly a really enjoyable and memorable and actually a very beautiful experience and we had some great conversations clearly made some crazy memories uh but that did mean that it was really, really unfortunate to not be able to do an overnight trip. And up until probably, you know, mid-September, which is when I um, was going more actively hiking, I think I took about two-week hiatus from hiking. Um, Up until about mid-September, it felt like summer. It was just completely summer. 
and not to mention the smoke, um, wildfire smoke did get in the way for quite a bit, so I was stuck indoors as well, and the weather was quite strange um, during those, I think, week, a week and a half that the smoke uh, was so bad in Vancouver. And so I then had about two weeks, and then about two weeks later when I went um, that with that hike, uh, on with Alice on that hike to Golden Ears, it had completely turned into all fall colors. The vibe had changed 180 degrees. It was just beautiful, mysterious, and just beautiful and wonderful in ways that summer is not. Summer is beautiful, but autumn is even more beautiful. And I think I forgot about uh, how beautiful autumn can be. It's 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 funny how. Each time the seasons come, it's a surprise to me. You would think I would have figured the pattern out by now, but apparently not. <laughs> um, but I do think it's fair because probably this is probably the first uh, autumn in British Columbia and Canada since I've discovered the beauty and wonders of outdoor excursion. Uh, I don't know if you can hear it in the background. Um, there's some beautiful uh, bird Yes, with some really nice bird calls um, around my campsite. So if you hear that in the background, I hope that's a bit of a treat. You can also hear uh, the boaters um, leaving the park uh, because I'm not too far from the road, but that's also okay. Um, where was I? Uh, so yeah, I'd fallen in love with the autumn. And then uh, more recently on Saturday, I went on a very easy, you know, almost a stroll more than a hike um, loop around uh, Bunsen Lake with two friends and the autumn foliage were also, was also so stunning and so beautiful, uh, just wonderful, 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 wonderful and the weather was so pleasant. It was all of those things and so I greatly enjoyed the Bunsen Lake loop and I knew that I wanted to um, take more advantage of the beautiful autumn weather and the scenery and just this fleeting moment that is autumn. I wanted to enjoy this, especially now that my plans to leave to Mexico are becoming more concrete. Uh, the fact that I have a bit of, the fact that I limited time in BC, I, I was just really reminded of that. And of course, just as it happened in the UK, where the fact that I was on a two-year visa really um, pushed me to take, to push me to get out and really explore UK and cross off places um, on my bucket list and also just go to places near me whenever I could, even if I didn't have the perfect vacation, even if I didn't have the perfect plan or the perfect weather or, you know, just get out and make, make vacationing and make rest and adventure a priority. That's what I did in the UK. And so that's what I decided to do in BC as well. Um, I knew that I was probably going to spend both uh, spend the coming Friday and Sunday in Vancouver, partially because I have social gatherings that I was going to attend, and also because I wanted to work both of those days. And I am going, I'm trying to spend the coming Saturday on another hike, another very easy kind of outdoor excursion and picnic day with some other church friends. And so, um, since I was going to, since I'm basically planning to work the extra Sunday, and I'm working more now on OCO than I did in the previous weeks, I 
thought it would be quite nice for me to take a couple of days off. Um, and so what I've done is I've basically taken Tuesday off uh, to take advantage of the best weather all week, which is Tuesday and Wednesday. <laughs> um, so I worked all day yesterday and did my Spanish lesson uh, in the evening. And then I uh, basically packed for this overnight trip um, in the morning, which is not too difficult because pretty much all my gear is really ready. And now that I've done this quite a few times, I just, it's a lot of things have become habitual, right? I don't have to think as hard to keep track of everything. I just have, you know, I just have groups of things in my head, like shelter, all the sleeping things, you know, I don't, I no longer keep track of my mat, my bag, my liner, my, although I, I don't think of it in that way anymore, partially because I have a lot of these things just kind of pre-packaged and put in the same place, so I don't have to think too hard about it, um, or I don't have to count my stakes anymore each time anymore because I have all the stakes, the exact number of stakes I need for the full camping setup, all wrapped in one cord. <laughs> So a lot of these things have just become simpler for me and I can just lift up a fuel canister and just feel the weight in my hands and figure out that I have enough for, you know, however many, probably have enough for however many meals. I can just kind of feel those things because I've, you know, for example, burned through my fuel canister um, and cooked with it quite a few times on my jet boil. You know, I've, I've packed and repacked my backpack so many times and yeah just packing has become quite easy easy for me and so has um driving i kind of know what are the things that i need to take care of uh, what are the what's the information that i need to look up beforehand and so things have just gotten easier for me on that note i drove through a beautiful beautiful autumn highway um, it's actually my first time on the transcan Canada Highway, which is a very, very long highway. I think it might be the longest in the world. I think it might be the longest continuous highway in the world. Uh, but please don't quote me on that. I wouldn't be surprised if there's other really long things that run through Africa or um, South America, things that especially go north to south. I wouldn't be surprised if there were something really long there as well. But anyway, Trans-Canada Highway connects Canada from coast to coast. So from the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic Ocean. So that is long. <laughs> um, and it also mostly follows the railroad, which was the Trans-Canada Trans um, Railroad, that railway that um, really opened up the west, um, western frontier for rest of the Canadian kind of colonialists. Um, and Canada's expansion into the west and then eventually to the north as well. Um, and so, uh, anyway, I was following the Trans-Canada uh, Highway, which is also called Highway Number 1 in Canada, which is, as you can imagine, a pretty, pretty heavily used highway because it connects coast to coast, um, coming from Vancouver, which is obviously on the western end of Canada. The, you only really take highway number one to go east. So from uh, if you ask a Vancouverite and ask them about a road trip, they'll pretty much always say, I'm going up 99, which is the highway to go north, 
or the most common highway to go north from Vancouver, and then number one, which is the most common highway to go number go to the east. Though there are variations, and you know, there, there's there's offshoots of those two that you can take, and there's variations. But in general, those are the kind of two major highways that lead, and the two uh, classic directions for um, a road trip. And so this was my first time foraging east because I have a deep, deep love for the North Shore Mountains, um, which includes Whistler and Squamish and Pemberton and Lillooet, all the places that I've already shared with you over the course of the summer about me having visited several times. And I really, really love the North. But I knew that there was a whole world um, or multiple worlds uh, that were available once I headed east and I had never driven in that direction I never really have um, I haven't traveled much in that direction either so I was quite I just wanted to expand my sphere um, my point of reference just I wanted to expand my world right I wanted it to be a true adventure where it was just a direction that was new for me and therefore it was going to be a bit unfamiliar though I was I did I was prepared and I knew what I was sort of getting into but I also didn't know what exactly I was getting into it's that right balance of the unknown and preparedness that makes for a great adventure and so I basically went on the longest solo drive that I've ever been on which I think I drove um a good, maybe a good, um, a little less than 200 kilometers, maybe a good 150 plus, uh, starting from Vancouver downtown and coming into Chilliwack and then Chilliwack into Chilliwack Lake Provincial Park, which is another, I think, maybe, I don't know exactly uh, how many kilometers, I think 40 or 50 kilometers in. No, that's probably too much. I'm probably closer to 30 kilometers in. Um, and yeah the weather was beautiful the smoke is still here um unfortunately the wildfire smoke is still here not close to the surface but it is hazy and foggy it was much more hazy and foggy in the valley and i've climbed up a little bit so i'm a little bit in the mountains now um in this park and once i start entering the park and once i start climbing just a little bit out of the valley the haze and the smoke was much better and I can't really tell the haze or the smoke just from my own breathing um, I'm not really having any difficulty breathing at all and so I originally actually planned to go further east to Skagit Valley but um, I basically took my sweet time in the morning I took a shower uh, because I felt like my hair was dirty and I didn't want to sleep in it another night uh, when I knew I also couldn't shower um, so I took a shower in the morning you know dried myself put on body lotion did my whole kind of just lazy morning lazy vacation morning and so I got started on my road trip probably pretty late like past 11 a.m. Um, and the sun does set pretty fast and I was there was a part of me that was worried that you know I was gonna not get a campsite for example because if because there's no reservations available on BC Parks website right now because it's past the reservation um, deadline I am pretty sure the reason they don't accept reservations anymore is because you don't need it because it's October and just have less campers and I was just being overly cautious Again, I was being overly cautious because I was going a new direction. Um, 
I, you know, I was stretching a little bit beyond my comfort zone because it's a new park, a new direction, um, an amount of driving I've never done before. And also this is my first solo trip after my trip with um, my long drive with Alice and my long drive with Jocelyn. This is my first solo road trip where I've driven so many kilometers by myself <laughs> in the same rented car um, that I went on both of those trips with. It's the same Toyota Prius, which is a really, really wonderful car in the sense that it's, you know, it actually has decent power. It's quite comfortable, even though it's a two wheel drive. And most importantly, it's incredibly fuel efficient. So I barely have to worry about getting gas because it never basically seems to never run out of gas, even though I've driven it for hundreds and hundreds of kilometers. So anyway, on that note, um, oh, I hear some dog barking in the background. I hope it's not any kind of uh, animal or anything. If so, I did bring my bear banger, so won't be, I'm, I won't be caught unprepared. And, and I'm not the only camper around here. I do have other campers. Um, we're not too close by, and I'm not sure if the campers are actually in their camping tents or trailers or spots uh because as i said there's a lake nearby and i think a lot of people spend a lot of time at the lake um i also hope that the uh parking not parking the park um ranger um comes about to collect because i'm not really sure where i'm supposed to actually pay to reserve um i think i just wait and i think the person comes around to collect the fees i hope that's how it works um but anyway, so yeah, look, really looking forward to my camping trip. Um, I think I actually only have probably an hour or less of sunlight. And I, the reason I can say that is because we're very, we're surrounded by mountains in this spot. Uh, so of course it's a little past 4 p.m. This is normally not the time for the sun to go down yet. Uh, I think the sun goes down at 6.30, a bit past 6 these days in Vancouver. But uh, because we're surrounded by mountains, as soon as the sun goes behind one of the hills, uh, it'll be a lot darker, even if the sun hasn't completely set beyond the horizon. So I should get ready. I haven't decided if I want to sleep in my car which is going to be a new experience. I've never done that before. Or to actually set up my tent and kind of uh, get another night out of my tent while I can, you know, while the weather is warm enough to actually warrant that. We'll see. Um, I think I'll be pretty warm. I mean, if it does get cold enough for me to kind of be miserable outdoors, I can go inside, which is a big benefit. And uh, a Toyota Prius also is a hatchback, which means the back seats actually fold down. Ha ha ha. And I have a kind of like a platform that I can actually lay down properly. And it's really great. Um, so I might try to set up my car hatchback and see how it feels like to actually sit down there. And based on how that feels, I may not set up my tent. I may to sleep in my car so that is just kind of the recount of you know i just recounted why i came on this road trip and then um how i've really enjoyed this road trip 
um, I'll try to make again more recordings of uh, what it's like for me to do my first ever car camping overnight <laughs> and what it's like to sleep in a car for the first time potentially um, and also tell you a bit about the road uh, drive back home so I'll talk to you again soon bye bye